That's a smart call. Definitely. <laughs> it's not going to make a difference. So where are we? Uh, we are in the attic of some house. <laughs> yeah, it, was this actually part of a house? Because it feels like it was just an add-on. It, it was definitely an add-on. It, yeah, this was always an office building. Okay. Like, well, this part was. That up front was a house. Uh-huh. And then... You on can, a very busy stretch of road. On a very busy stretch of road. So they took that house... Like, no one's ever going to want to live on the post road. No. So let's turn it into an office building. And if you go downstairs, like, there's a lot of weird levels. Like, they didn't really figure it out when they built it. That That's right. Yeah. When you walk in the front door. Yeah. Because you go in, like, a side yeah. entrance, and then there's, like, different stairs to different parts. Um, but then up front, like, the wood the wood floors creak when you step on them because it's, it's a very old house, like, uh-huh. probably 1800s. Can you... Wait, you can walk in the front door and then come all the way back to this part of the building? I've never actually done that, oh, but okay. there's uh, a bathroom up front that I've been to, and it's very... It's totally different than this part of the building. Huh. Because uh, this part is, like, you know, fairly modern. Up front is, like, the doors are very small. The ceilings are very low. Yeah. Yeah. So it's your new place of business. Though. It's my new place of business. So this we're actually your new in... Job. This is my new job. Yeah, things have changed significantly <laughs> since we last talked. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm trying to think our last episode with Charlie, maybe this job had come up? Was uh, like it was a, in the works. It was okay. definitely in the works, but it was nothing that was... You know, I hadn't signed a, a We couldn't a talk about it on air. Yeah, you hadn't signed anything. Right. Okay. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, I basically let my old job know that I was leaving almost right before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, gave them a two weeks notice. They were like, yeah, you can just leave. At the just end of the leave. Week. We're not going to pay you for your Christmas break. Like we had. Yeah. I mean, which past. was a nice thing that my old company was going to actually pay me for, uh, almost two weeks of like being on Christmas break. But yeah. once they heard that I was leaving, they were like, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so I left marketing and have entered the illustrious world of private equity. Yeah. You sold your soul. Definitely. Well, but again, I, my soul is, very non-existent. Before <laughs> That's true. This. You were selling. You were peddling uh, soda. Yeah, soda so. to children. So, <laughs> weren't a whole lot of morals in there to begin with. No, no, no. I can definitely be bought, and I don't care who I fuck over if uh, if I'm getting a paycheck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, and I've, I've mentioned this to you before, but like I never thought I would work in finance. Yeah, um, sort of. Because I actually in college I worked for a venture capital firm. But really just doing like admin stuff, nothing like super intensive. And internship. Uh, yeah, more than that. It was I was kind of like doing their web hosting stuff. Like I was kind of doing their back end, um, like doing all that. But then, uh, yeah, this kind of came along and I was totally convinced I was wrong for it. Uh, and the more I looked into it, the more interested I became. I'd be lying if I said the paycheck wasn't a nice uh, nice bonus. An added bonus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's very cool to be... Uh, at the ground end or the ground floor of, of something and kind of help build it. And, yeah. um, what I really like is the creative problem solving yeah. that my job function, um, really entails of like looking at a problem, figuring out fun, unique, creative ways to solve these problems and, uh, hopefully make some money for some very rich people. Well, it's a fun aspect of a startup too. Absolutely. And like yeah. you're going to get that in most startups in the beginning and it's just yes. a different degree or a different area of expertise it might require. Totally. And I think the world of private equities is probably unique in that, like the the private equity itself, the the firm is a, very much a startup, but the companies that we're buying are well established. Right. So there's kind of that mix of like, 
our office, I mean, you're in here now, it's, it's very much like a startup kind of feel of like, you know, bootstrap kind of thing. But then we go to these companies that are well-established. We're really trying to leverage them and make them a little bit more profitable and generate more value, um, based on their past potential, right? Like what they've already earned and then kind of giving them fun ways of fun ways. (laughs) I'm sure my boss would hate hearing me say that (laughs) fun ways. Uh, but profit generating or value generating solutions to yeah. uh, really kind of um, make them a little more uh, interesting and work has been good in the last month yeah man it's been it's been, been here for a month yeah been here for a month almost exactly a month and um yeah it's it's totally different because my other job like every every 15 minutes had to be accountable to something like i had i had a time card and oh, i had to, yeah, all my hours are billable. client yeah so it's just very strange to like be paid to just kind of think about stuff and conceptualize stuff yeah. without needing to worry about, well, what am I thinking about and who am I paying or who's going to be paying for the, my time here? And interesting. It's really nice to kind of have that. Uh, I didn't think of that aspect of the the marketing job that you had. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not like just a, you know, here's a, here's a nine month contract go. Right. No. Although I, I will say that we, so we were basically on retainer my, yeah. at least my piece of business. Yeah. But it's still they still needed to show something at the end of the year to be like this is how many hours Adam spent on blah 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 yeah. and different projects. So yeah. it's not even just like I was paying, just like oh I'm talking about Pepsi. This is it. It's like specific things within Pepsi. It's a publicly traded company, and you know exactly you gotta yeah be accountable for. So it's understandable. Yes, and and you know right? I, is Pepsi publicly yes. traded? Yeah, okay. there. Um, and I I genuinely enjoyed my last job. Um, yeah. but you know, it was time to move on. I was getting a little burnt out on marketing and advertising in, in general. Um, Let me change it up. Yeah. And so marketing I, advertising for small businesses. Basically. <laughs> yeah. And, and here I am. And it's, it's awesome to be like at the ground floor of something and really kind of see how it works. And I'll be honest, like the last month and a half, two months have been like me trying to get my MBA by reading everything out there yeah. on private equity and finance. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I have much more to learn, but from what I know now versus what I knew at the end of November is totally different. Yeah. Like I, I night and day. That's good. Yeah. At least you took it seriously and you're like, all right, I should probably educate myself instead of just showing up on day one and <laughs> be like, like, What's up? hoping I'll learn something just by being around other people. Well, because as a startup, I was also like putting desks together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's only one other person here who also doesn't really know a ton about private equity. So it's sort of, I like, know it's more than I do. You see, you're both kind of learning. Definitely both learning at the same time, but it's, it's, it's a really, it's fun. And I, I think because I'm friends with him or, and I was friends with him and he's been on our podcast. (laughs) I was friends with him. I was friends Uh. with him. Um, but it's good because we can, we have these theories about private equity and I think we can go both riff off each other and kind of poke holes in the theories that we have and, and really kind of, um, fight each other a little bit to make sure that we're, that what we're trying to do is a valid where you're coming from is probably more genuine and more sincere as well. Not that it isn't when you're working like with oh, coworkers, absolutely. but it but, definitely is different when you can, you know, it's like same deal with the family business, you know, me working with the family, it's right. You can fully see eye to eye in just like your own personal situation because you're all in the same boat together. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You may disagree on directions or whatever, but totally you're at least saying like, okay, we're both starting from the ground level here. We're both trying to achieve the same thing in the growth yep. in the future and, and whatnot. Yeah. And there's not a lot of like mincing of words. I mean, yeah. especially cause Mark yeah, yeah. and I have that kind of relationship anyway, right. but 
Yeah. And I'm sure it's the same in your thing. Like, I don't need to like beat around the bush. Yeah. You can be straightforward. If yeah. you don't like something or you think he's being a jackass or something, right. you can straight up tell him, but not I, worry about like, oh, it's my boss or my superior. No. I wonder if HR is going to get involved. Right. <laughs> totally. And, and that's, that, that's absolutely refreshing. Yeah. I mean, clearly like there is a, a, a place for HR, probably not in my, mm-hmm. this current company right now, mm-hmm. but I, you know, in bigger companies, definitely. But the fact that like, we can kind of cut through the bullshit, cut through that red tape of like, well, would Mark be okay with it if, if I did this? I don't really care. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, like he had a chart and one thing and I was like, this is the worst chart I've ever seen. This makes no sense. It's, it's total bullshit. This is like horrible. He's like, you're absolutely right. Like, I spent two days on this thing. No, I sorry, Mark. I think he pulled it off a screenshot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, it's a nice space. It is cool. I've worked here several times. Yeah. We're not recently, but we're trying to get you on board. <laughs> it's, it's an effective place to do work. I'll give it that. It absolutely is. It's it nice. Could use a golden tea. But I, I know, know we're on the hook for uh, for part of that bill, so. Um, but it's bright, it's yeah. airy. It's uh, and this is a nice little room, the uh, Arc Spring Lab. Yes, yeah, so we haven't actually used this yet, and we're still kind of trying to figure out what we want to do with it. This is lab-ish with microphones sticking out of a table. Yeah, the the light wood and the dark blue, like there's something to it. Yeah. Ideally, what we want to do is because the kind of our thesis is taking these. Uh, small companies that aren't really invested in like digital and technology stuff and, and kind of make them more technology companies. Yeah. We call them digital laggards. Yep. Um, so this space is really kind of trying to take some of their items apart um, and, and kind of figure out ways that we can actually tinker with things and make them a little, uh, what may be interesting is to have a podcast or some audio recording with them, even if it's not a published podcast, mm-hmm. but have in this space that just seems a little bit more, intimate and mm-hmm. not familiar, but just like closed in, uh, and having a conversation with these businesses, uh, while recording it. And then you can go back and that could be part of a workshop of listening to the discussions that happened. I love it. Uh, talk Mark, to my boss. Mark could be knocking on the window and be like, yeah, yeah, hire him, take him, take him for that idea. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like, um, it, it, we've, we've talked about doing something similar of just in terms of like a marketing thing for us, kind of getting our name out there of just putting yeah. uh, a podcast out that kind of talks about our space of private equity. But, um, yeah, having a, tons of podcasts. Out there. I know, I know. <laughs> and it's how do you cut through? Right. But you and I talk every once in a while. It's, we have, uh, we're actually, in, actually I found out the other night, uh, we're not the only ones in Fairfield County that like formula one, but you and I happen to like formula one. you got, there are other it. people. There I have not, other people. I've I'll, not met anyone. I'll tell you in a second. Um, but I kind of joked with you. I was like, what if we made a formula one podcast for right. just the average Joe who actually doesn't know a shit ton about the racing mm-hmm. or the technical side of it, but it's kind of formula one minute. I guess we're we'll getting into it. Uh, but I, I was like, no, there's podcasts out there for everything. What, there's nearly a million podcasts now, um, which still actually, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't seem like a lot. If there's, I think it's like 800,000 podcasts out there. Uh, when you wow. think about how many audiobooks there are or how many movies and things that there are, I mean, it's just, it's content to consume. Yes. Um, but there's no formula one podcast for an average person. It's like either produced by some UK company that yeah. is, you know, very technical about like which driver is going to get possibly traded to X team, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's just, it's things that you might not be interested in if you're just actually listening to learn about what's going on in the season or maybe a few moves between teams or some interesting background about the sport or whatever. Um, but it's, it's still surprising that like, even though there's nearly a million podcasts, there's still giant holes and gaps in different places. 
Um, and whether the podcast that if you did do it for Arc Spring or private equity in general, I mean, there might be a small market for it and, you know, only a few hundred people, but still it could be, it could be super specialized or mm-hmm. it could just be for these digital laggards and say, Hey guys, listen to our strategy and our, our theories totally. on why you need to adopt technology. I'm sure our uh, investors would also like to hear it. Yeah, you exactly. Get they, some insight. They, totally. They hear your ideas in a very genuine way and not just as a sales pitch when you're trying to get their money totally. uh, and, and go invest in these other companies. So, you know, these are discussions that we have on a daily basis in mm-hmm. our office uh, with people that are either internal or you know, people on the outside that are thinking about the space. Absolutely. And, I, and also because of our thesis of trying to be like, you know, trying to push the envelope of technology, I think podcasting is really kind of that like almost last bastion of like of free listenable content and yeah, to yeah. kind of harness that and use that to leverage uh, some of the stuff that we're doing. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it lines up perfectly. Yeah. You got the space for it. I'm sold. You just need to buy better equipment than, <laughs> than the, sh- the crappy yeah. ones that we invested and, and in. And make sure our guests turn on their mics. Charlie. Charlie. Um, so yes, there <laughs> randomly, uh, got a group text message last night. Uh, for my friend Randy, who I've talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, Randy. I, I met him. You, you know him. And then Luke, you know, Stephanie's boyfriend, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Randy or Luke, whoever initiated the text message, was like, Nate, I had no idea you were into Formula One, but I think they listened to a podcast episode. Oh, okay. Or, or one passed the message along to the other. They're like, do you guys want to do like a F1 bros weekend whenever there's a race on? Like, just sit down and have some beers and, and wings. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> and I got another guy who can add. They're like wait, what? There's somebody else who likes formula. Uh, I was like, we did fantasy formula one last year. Yeah, that's right. They're blown away that there was fantasy team for formula. One, as yeah. it was, I, I had no idea that they and could who do won that. that, that by the way, uh, know, some jackass. Yeah. I've, Adam. Yeah. Uh, your strategy was brilliant at the end though. Cause you were in third place uh, heartily solidly for the yes. majority of the season until like the last three races. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my strategy was to look at globally who was in first place <laughs> and just copy their team. <laughs> And I mean, within, you know, reason yeah. and, and yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Here. It was a great strategy. Hey, uh, takes to win. It's probably cheating. No, it's not. I mean, you can look at somebody else's team, right? Yeah. I mean, because it's not like a regular fantasy team where you can't overlap players. You, you right. only have 20 drivers. Right. right. So it's, you, it's not possible to be an exclusive driver for, right. I'm not taking it. Team. I'm not taking it away. Exactly. From someone else. So, yeah. you know, just looking at somebody else is doing it successfully. Maybe it's not something that you could do if you were entered and trying to win one of those global leagues, because you've got to know what you're doing right off the bat. Yeah. Cause if you're not one of those good guys right in the beginning, or you're not managing your team the same way that they are throughout right. the season, you're never going to win. Totally. But for a dick around league, like you, me and Manny, that was yeah. not a big deal. Totally. Um, so it'd be fun to do the three of us again, add in Luke and yeah, Randy. We, we need at least, I mean, it'd be great to have like 10 people in. Totally. Then it makes it a little bit more fun. Three but, was like, well, it was an experiment. Yeah. Exactly. We were just trying to see how it worked, but, but yeah, five, five's a start. Five, five. And is better than we three. could potentially have Luke and Randy here and talk about formula one a little bit more. I'm okay with that. So, uh, I, I'm totally game with meeting up with them and, and watching more races. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. Uh, cause you and I would like text and be like, I'm on the erg watching formula one recorded on my iPad. Yeah. It's, and you're like, I'm feeding a screaming child right now. Fast forwarding through the races. Yeah. Which sucks. I always, that was like my yeah. thing was like, yeah. uh, I would look to see if uh, a caution flag would show up. And yeah, I would stop. exactly. And then I'd, I'd like go see what that was. And then <laughs> yeah. like fast forward so through bad. that. I was like, I don't want to watch the cars going around at 40 miles an hour. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for the season. Um, so you just got back from Hawaii. 
Mm-hmm. And I want to know, it was your honeymoon. I don't need to know all the details. <laughs> Leave out a few. <laughs> yeah. But uh, how was it, man? Like Awesome. Yeah. So I know you haven't been, well, yeah, you have been to Hawaii. But I've been to Hawaii, but I've been to Oahu. Oahu. I've never been to Kauai. Okay. And um, you were solely in Kauai. You didn't go anywhere else. Yeah. We were looking at trying to go to Pearl Harbor. I've like, I wanted to go to Pearl Harbor since I was 10 years old. I probably was like reading about Pearl Harbor and World War II. And yeah. for whatever reason, the, the Western, the Eastern front, um, the Pacific yeah. front, just kind of like ass backwards for where from where we are, but the Pacific front of the World War II was super interesting to me growing up, and still mm-hmm. continues to be. Like I love the current podcast coming out from um, oh, Dan Carlin yeah, on awesome. uh, Supernova in the East. Like absolutely right up my alley. And that last one was that great. Stuff. That last Dude, episode was amazing. It is so fascinating to me. Obviously, the Western Front and the and the battle in Europe. Uh, for both World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. has that could consume your entire life studying that. One hundred percent. And I think that's interesting, but it, maybe because of the fact that it occurred both in World War One and World War Two, there's even though they're drastically different wars, there's a lot of overlap, and it's you know just not as different uh, or interesting to me as the the Pacific Front was. So yeah. I just I read books growing up about it. I think I I for like a history class or something studied. Um, uh, Roosevelt speech, uh, the day of infamy, uh, speech. So that was always in my mind. So going out to Hawaii, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're traveling all the way out here, whatever, 10, 11 hour flight. <laughs> right. Uh, let's go to Pearl Harbor. How and often are we going to be out there? We ended up not doing that. But that being said, uh, Kauai was amazing for anybody who doesn't know what Kauai is, where it is. If you're looking at the chain of Hawaiian islands, it's the top Northwest, uh, Northwesternmost. There's island. no other island. Well, there's one tiny one. Oh, like um, Lanai? Like, no, no, Lanai is down towards the, the Molokai? middle. Molokai. Molokai is like down the... towards the middle. It's it starts with a P. I, I forget oh, the okay. name of it, but it's it's, it's not the leper tiny. colony. No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Um, but they do like there's a lot of military sites on that island. Of course, there's. Um, yeah, dude. But, by the way, like, and, and uh, at least in Oahu, and I, I don't know about Kauai, but like. The, the U.S. military just ravaged that fucking island. Yeah. Like, it, they own, like, something like, and this is an exaggeration, and I know Will's going to call me out on this, but it's like 40% <laughs> of the island is dedicated to, like, military... Dude, Kauai? Insula- installations, yeah. Kauai up in the whole Nepali coast, Waimea Canyon area. Yeah. I didn't quite realize it as we were driving up into the canyon. There's this, this um, major canyon road. But as you're driving up the canyon and you're looking to your left, to the west of the island, it's mm-hmm. all state of Hawaii, private property. Yeah. And they call it an agricultural reclamation uh, property. Yeah. It's all part of the Pacific Missile Range Facility, oh, which sure. I think that I, I'd have to check on this, but it's like the largest uh, space of land that the Navy has continuously owned or like. Wow. But has, uh, stupid question, but it's no longer carries missiles, right? It's no, they still, they still, oh, they still do. So, it, so they, yeah, they have, I don't know if it's that they have missile silos. I have to go back and read up on this, but, uh, from what I remember, the Pacific missile range facility is, uh, currently the Navy's largest, uh, monitoring station in the world. So it has the capacity to be able to connect to, uh, whatever facilities that it has on Kauai, as well as satellites in space to monitor all movements throughout the world. Wow. Um, and it's where we were driving up and where we hiked. There's this giant geodesic dome that's part of NASA observatory as oh, well sure. as, um, the U S Navy. Yeah. That's part of this big, uh, overall, um, 
monitoring system that they have. And that little random island that's off to the west, north and west of Kauai is part of that whole facility. It's whatever, connected satellites or something. Um, But I was looking through the history of the different missile tests and stuff there. The Minuteman um, Mm -hmm. atomic uh, nuclear weapons. Uh, were tested off of there. Oh, nice. Like, a hundred different types of missiles have been tested off of Kauai. See any, like, three-eyed fish or... No, <laughs> no nothing crazy like that. But one of the um, uh, one of the uh, first nuclear-tip warheads during the Cold War that was being tested launched off of this section of Kauai oh, and shit. blew up off of one of the atolls or, yeah. like, not Wake Island, but, you know, that kind of thing that was way out there in the Pacific. So it's just kind of cool to think, okay, that is... That's the almost the furthest western state in the nation alaska technically has the uh, further west yeah, yeah. islands exactly Aleutians. um but being down there in the pacific it is it's crazy to think how strategically important that is militarily mm-hmm. to reach over to especially now china um, <laughs> or north korea north korea so when north korea i guess had one of its uh most uh um uh what do you call it not logical threats uh Whatever, one of its most um, possible threats, highest mm-hmm. threats during the Obama administration. Yeah. You heard of the THAAD missile uh, system? Terminally, no. I call him TAD, but... Yeah. TAD, THAAD, whatever no, it was. Ter- uh, terminally high, anti-something. Um, right. But it, it's, a, it's a missile defense system that intercepts missiles midair. Okay. That was deployed and on the ready in this section of Holy Kauai uh, during that, that high moment of North Korea potentially mm-hmm. attacking uh, the United States. And that was going to hopefully be able to intercept whatever missile North Korea tried to send away. And that was back in like, whatever, 2011. Yeah. Forget the fact that they're doing crazy missile tests now. up until 2019, yeah. 2020. So um, as someone who was sleeping in a hotel basically on top of these missiles does that bring you comfort or didn't even cross my mind honestly i didn't even discover it till the second to last day as i was like looking at things i was like okay there's a nuclear uh laboratory up here that studies nuclear warfare there's got to be something up there what's this little airstrip you know i'm a nerd i start to look at google earth i was like i hope you weren't like approaching these places because you probably get shot but i really wanted to drive up there you can literally drive onto the beach where these missiles launch over your head i mean they're not testing them every single day and of course when they're testing them you're not allowed to go up there right but you can drive to this state beach polyhale state state beach uh, and the property that's all behind you to the east is all missile range testing facilities. And oh, they're probably silos and stuff. You can't really tell looking at Google Earth. Yeah. But the other weird thing is one of the roads that I wanted to drive down, which is a, uh, a hunting road. Okay. Um, it like gets you access closer uh, to the beach from the center of the island. Uh, all of that is technically part of this property. But if you're hunting there on the weekend or on a state holiday or something, you have access to that land but right there are definitely points i'm sure where there's like fencing or there are signs that say hey don't go past here yeah god forbid you throw a bullet into a missile silo yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah i don't know what the i don't know the whole infrastructure that's on the island uh but they it's pretty it's, wild yeah i mean the hawaiian islands are are very crucial to uh to the military uh and strategically important so it's kind of it's interesting to be in such close proximity to that um while enjoying yeah ridiculously beautiful landscape. Right. So anybody from Kauai, if you've seen Jurassic Park 1, 2, or 3, you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, Brian was also saying something else was filmed there. I'm trying to remember. Uh, but that all of those movies were filmed there. Yeah. Um, Hawaii 5 is still filmed there, the TV show. Uh, so it's 
on the north side and western side of the island especially it's that lush green jungle yeah uh kind of style and then you can go down to the south side and uh it's a little bit more it's almost like old western town feel it's got really? like red clay dirt oh no shit uh, in certain sections the buildings have that old sort of frozen in 50s uh time <laughs> kind of look to it's them like cuba uh yeah it's it's it was a little funky but it was it was cool being you know, in an hour and a half, you could be on the north side of the island. It's a little more like yeah. prim and proper, resorty, and that jungle feel. Drive mm-hmm. an hour and a half to the south, and you're in a little bit more laid back, you know, true Hawaiian sort of feel. Yeah. Uh, that's where the uh, coffee plantations are. Um, the chocolate, the cacao fields are more on the eastern and northern side. That's awesome. Um, but, I mean, we were there for 11 days, and, and I've been saying to a bunch of people, we did we did a vacation for eleven days there. Mm-hmm. If we were to go back and spend another eleven days, it would be an entirely different vacation. You can, wow, you can do that much. You might go to the just same, on one island, just on one that's island, crazy, just on man. one island that's thirty miles wide, yeah, thirty five maybe. Yeah, it's not huge. Forty miles high. Um, you know, driving around, you can you can do the whole island in a day and see a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's just so much variety. If you want to go there and surf, there are you know, tons of different surf spots that you could go try and find and stop at, whether it's the yeah. public beaches or these little private roads and stuff that you go off of. Yeah. See, that's just awesome. do paddleboarding and surfing for an entire vacation. If you just want to hike, you could hike for 11 days and still not hit every trail you want to do. If you just want to do cultural stuff. I mean, it's like, yeah. it was awesome. I, if we can go back there, I would love to go back there. Um, I remember getting off the plane in Oahu and I'm, I've got to assume it's the same in Kauai, but like everything just smelled good. There was like this, like, mm. like fragrance in the air. Yeah. I mean, there's so much fresh fruit and stuff that's grown on yeah. the trees and falling on the ground. Just yeah. Like, it just felt like natural and clean. And, yeah. and I mean, granted you're in Kauai, which is gardens everywhere. And we were in Honolulu, which is a city. It's which a is, fucking yeah, city. Like super, yeah. super tradition, uh, tr- uh, urban. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's no bullshit. It's like a city. Yeah. Um, but not, not the whole like, island. Yeah, you didn't miss anything going to Honolulu and Pearl Harbor. It's just it's an urban center as like Stanford or the city. But yeah, but it's I still different. Like, you, you're still conscious of the fact that you're on Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Hawaii. So we, I mean, we stayed in like Waikiki, which is like, like if you're a trashy American, and I, I, I understand <laughs> that. Like, yes, it is. We're in America, but like that's where you go, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, everyone's got their Tweety Bird shirt on and fanny pack. Um, but once you go north, like we, Lindsay and I rented a car and went north and it was amazing. Yeah. Like you get out of the city and you actually see like quote unquote real Hawaii. And yeah. that was amazing. Uh, does Oahu have that famous highway on its Island? That was like, no, the, uh, road to Hana road to Hana is on Maui. Okay. So I only know that cause my parents were on Maui. <clears throat> it's like the, um, Hawaii interstate one. Is that it? <sighs> Maybe. Or interstate Hawaii one. I forget what they call it. I don't know. Uh, it may, maybe it's on the big island. I don't know. I just remember it being like some engineering genius that they were able to build this highway through the mountains. Uh, it, it very well could be. I, I don't know. We didn't really do that kind of driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting is so we, we took like this. Um, I can't remember if it's the leeward or the windward side, but whatever it was, it was the eastern side of the island. Drive up beautiful coastline. And then we got to the north shore and then came back down through the middle of Oahu. And uh-huh. Oahu is basically like two mountain ranges with a valley between. Oh, and in it, the middle? Yeah. And the valley is just filled with pineapples. Oh, it's, cool. It's Dole. Like Dole owns like half the That's island. That's their thing. Whatever isn't yeah. owned by the American government is owned by Dole. <laughs> and there's just like as far as the eye can see, it's just pineapple fields. Oh, so not pineapples that you could go pick. It's all like I mean, privately you, owned. If you're quick, yeah. you can probably do it. <laughs> just pull off quickly, grab one. <laughs> 
but yeah, so, and that smelled awesome. I mean, yeah. it was just like, yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, it was just a really kind of, it's a cool feeling there. It is. And it's, it's awesome to think that it's a state. It's yeah. a United state. Yeah. <laughs> um, and every once in a while, like you just sort of, I was like paying in dollars and just swiping your credit card and it was all normal. And <laughs> like, am I going to get charged? Like, yeah. I was like, wait For a, a transaction. Fee. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's really crazy that this is a, a state, Yeah, but also driving around all the signs are completely standardized to what you have here in the, the lower 48 quote unquote, which is right. funny because Hawaii is even still lower than the lower 48, but true. the contiguous United States. Well, see, I felt that. I saw a lot of signs in Japanese. There's a huge Japanese presence. Really? Yeah. And and maybe that's huh. just an Oahu thing. That it's got to be because it was nothing in like that in Kauai. But yeah. The, the Japanese hate Kauai. That's a fact. <laughs> but for some reason, like every sign. Uh, I'm sign. pretty sure they hate Honolulu too. <laughs> they did. They did. Yeah. 70 years ago um, or so. I, but so on the, so we did, we ended up going to Pearl Harbor uh, and spent like a morning there. And it's, it's really fascinating. You should definitely go. Um, but it's not something that like is mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just the fact that the, the monument and the memorial is still there. And the fact that you totally can go walk over the Arizona, which is great. Right? Arizona. It, yeah. It's yeah, Arizona. Okay. And it's, it's very cool. And, uh, you're, it, it's kind of like the gravity of the whole thing really kind of hits you. Um, but back on land, they have a bunch of like warships that you can tour. There's a great museum. So yeah. it's, it's like the Arizona is kind of like the big, Thing right. you do, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you know, spend a few hours and check it out, and it's it's very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a trip we're not going to take for a bunch of years. Um, well, sorry, man. Maybe it won't be there. Maybe they'll get rid of the Arizona. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like, it can't sink again. No, it can't sink again. But like, I don't know, climate change and weather and stuff. Like, could <laughs> get rid of it. I, I don't know. Who knows? I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> sea is chewing it apart. It, that's actually true. Like and that? you know what's weird, and, and you probably are aware of this, but there's like a, a hole in it, and oil still drips up from it. That still floats to the surface. After that many years? Yeah, and you can still see it. Like, it's right there. Like, it, just this little bubble of oil just every, like, you know, 30 seconds or something. That's insane. Like, yeah. I can't believe they haven't just gone down and tried to drain that out of the engines Dude, or something. they probably did. It's probably like a little pump. It's like Disney, <laughs> yeah, Disney It's actually coming from the mainland. Like, yeah. It's fucking They're nice. like, oh, man, we got to do something here. It's like the internal <laughs> flame. They're just like, fuck. Like, we can we just, like, shut this down for a couple of weeks and we stop dumping oil into the ocean? <laughs> like, I'm sick and tired of collecting <laughs> this. <laughs> no, you know what it was? It, like, the poor guy that's like, it's his first day on his job. He's like, here's a straw. Yeah. Get down there, man. <laughs> Go under the memorial <laughs> yeah, and blow oil. Blow oil and... <laughs> Fuck. Oh, uh, we would we'd be total suckers. I mean, that's like yeah. <laughs> easily something you could fall for. Yeah, definitely. Man. There's a uh, apparently there's a trick um at the uh at the equator that yeah. some locals, whether you're in South America or you're in Africa or wherever else, yeah, uh they'll take a bucket of water and put a piece of hay or like straw in the water and as they pour more water into it and it swirls cl- whatever clockwise yeah. in the northern hemisphere and then they'll cross the equator into the southern hemisphere and it'll swirl the opposite direction oh my God. and like tourists and stuff fall for it. Actually I saw that on Ewan McGregor's uh oh, motorcycle that- documentary of him yeah. going north and south. Long way down. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, that's, ins- are you kidding me? We just qu- crossed the equator. And then the, the dubbing over it was like, we later realized that that close to the equator, you're not going to notice a difference. No. Uh, but they f- completely fell for it in the documentary <laughs> no. in the film. Yeah. I, I believe that for a long time. Like even with the, like the toilets flushing the opposite direction, yeah. it's not true. 
Is, is it actually not? It's not true. It's not a real it's, fact. No. Okay. No. The Coriolis effect is not, it will not affect. Yeah, you'd think because no matter, gravity is, is where, wherever you are on Earth is pulling down in the same direction equally. Right. It's, yes. not, it's not on a flat 2D surface. No, it, it, it's more dependent on like the curvature of the toilet bowl and the yeah. rate at which the water is coming down. <laughs> then, then like that kind of effect, the Coriolis effect is not going to affect such a small yeah. body of water. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it affects clouds and oceans. It yeah. doesn't affect. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, to dude. I mean, <laughs> you didn't really burst any bubble. I'm kind of like, okay, all, all right. right, that's fine. What am I going to go to Australia and like be fascinated by the toilet flushing? You could. I don't know. Some people I, are. I guarantee you, there are people that as soon as they get to their hotel room, yeah. they start flushing the toilet. Flushing it to like, oh my god, look, the flushers yeah. on the other side too. But like, all right, here's a question: Can you tell me which way your toilet flushes at home? Because I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't. I could guess clockwise. I was thinking clockwise, but maybe it's counterclockwise. Maybe one of my toilets goes the opposite way. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I would love to be a toilet designer and every single one I designed differently. So that in the same house, you could have the exact same brand toilet, but it would be and different. it flushes different ways. You absolutely could do that. And just like piss off somebody who has OCD like yes. you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank You'd be like, I don't get it. How do I know which one to buy? Back. Oh, God. I have I to know. test this in Home Depot? It totally could. Oh my god! So um, this past month, at your and Charlie's <clears throat> suggestion, I didn't wash my hair. Yeah, and um, I have to admit that I washed my hair once, but for a fair reason. For fair reason, because I got a new hairstylist, and I didn't want to start my first experience with him saying, uh, "Just so you know, I don't ever wash my hair." <laughs> <laughs> so he just he washed it and. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Um, and the and you said the pool chlorine and, and oh, well, shit but was, that, but I didn't wash it after that. That but oh, that's what freaked okay. me out was that uh, because I've been doing a lot of swimming. Yeah, and I get out of the pool, I take a shower. It smells like chlorine. That's fine. But then, like three days after, it was still smelling like chlorine, yeah, and that was gross. freaking me out. I shampooed my hair last month too because of chlorine in a pool. Right. It's yeah. it's something about like the chemicalness that I just felt like need to get out of my it's hair. Gross. I'm surprised. I, I thought like saltwater pool was sort of a, a bougie, you know, yeah. high fluting thing. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's like, first of all, it's way more natural and better than chlorine and all the chemicals oh, and stuff they put in a pool. Yeah. But the maintenance is also minimal. So you just like don't have to do anything for your pool. Um, why did it take so long for people to start implementing? I, I, that's what I'm wondering. I'm right? just like, why do people not have saltwater pools? I don't think it's that much more expensive. But they had anymore. chlorine pools in, in they Hawaii. They had chlorine pools in Hawaii. And I was surprised that at a resort they didn't have a saltwater pool. Like at YMCA's, they have saltwater pools. Well, apparently, yeah. of course. Uh, uh, so it's it's both, actually. So I think that there's like a warm pool and a lap pool. The lap pool, I think, has chlorine. The warm pool, I think, has salt, salt water. I, I, I could be totally mixing that up. I don't know, but yeah, it's just sort of like in the day and age of everybody trying to be more natural and non GMO yeah. and organic and stuff. You know, I feel like a saltwater pool would be, uh, the way to go and it's better for your skin and your hair and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Who knows? Um, so I survived. I have washed my hair twice because it's February 2nd. So, um, <laughs> so you're not, you will not implement that. No, I, I will. Hair I strategy. absolutely will. Okay. Um, I don't think I'm going to do it to the extent that you and Charlie do it, but I think <laughs> Charlie, no, to Charlie's extent, I think I may do it like once or twice a week. I may wash okay. my hair once or All twice right. a week, yeah, especially I when I get out that. of the pool because like that just yeah. freaks me out now, but you shampoo condition and use product. I, uh, don't condition every time. Okay. No. 
Uh, I generally use product. Okay. Which actually, I was kind of freaked out about about not shampooing, but it comes out with water, like no yeah. problem. So, yeah, um, yeah it, that wasn't an issue for me. Okay. I don't know. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, now I know we wanted because we were supposed to have a guest today. Um, it is Super Bowl Sunday. I totally get why he couldn't make it. I and he's going out of town. And his wife gave him shit for uh, trying to go. I didn't watch the video that he sent, Um, but I could see the start of her face. I was like, "Uh oh, this isn't good. She just goes, hell no. Yeah. (laughs) And and knowing Jen, she meant it. So uh, we're supposed to have Todd on. Todd's Todd's a good friend of ours. Um, Todd has decided to do Vegan February with us. Uh, We're two days in. You and Todd drove this, though. How the fuck do you think that? I mean, I like I brought it up thinking. Oh yeah, maybe I'd be interested in trying this. And then I right. was happy that nobody brought it up for six weeks because right. I was like, "Good, I don't actually want to do this. I don't right. think. I don't think. I mean, I I could do it, but I don't think I want to do it. No. And then you or Todd started a group text. And you're like, "Yeah, it was Todd. He was like, "Yo, I'm on board for right. in February because we said it in passing at <laughs> Keller dinner. Yeah. back in December, yep. and then didn't mention anything about it since then. Really? He, I don't. Not to Todd. I don't know. I was like. Maybe you did. I didn't. Uh, Maybe I did. I don't know. I don't remember. But I was like, it came up and here we are. Yeah. Um, But I do. I do want to get into it with him because I think we got to save it. But yeah, so far we I have except for quote unquote lactose in a beer I drank today. um, Yeah, I have to look up the the logistics (laughs) qualifications around that. Uh, but I think we have maintained our veganism for the past two days. <laughs> not even two days, 36 hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did not start it with enough planning. Yeah. Uh, in, it's tough. In mind. What's good. What's helpful for me is that my wife is doing it too. Right. So that is key. Because that's a huge plus. I'm, I'm sure if she was not, it would be like, I'd probably give it up in like 10 days. And that's where I'm. <laughs> that's yeah. That's where, where I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's where so, I'm having some issues. So Gracie's not feeling no, it? No, she's. She has no interest. She didn't even offer to try it with us. Really? Um, coming Now, coming back from Hawaii, yeah. she was like, she was very much thinking, because when we were there, we actually, surprisingly, we ate very well. Mm-hmm. We barely drank. Um, and that wasn't like a conscious decision, like, we're not going to drink on this trip. Yeah, but, but you're out hiking. You're Yeah, we were active. The weather was nice. And like, we had a drink here or there. But we're just also, maybe if we're with friends and we're hanging out by a pool and we're on a trip. Yeah. with another couple or something, then we'd be hanging out there and we'd be having totally. ties and pina coladas or whatever. Yep. But by ourselves, we're not looking to just sit by a pool and read a book and not do anything. Absolutely. We want to be out and, and do stuff. So we were eating relatively healthily there. We also went to our honeymoon immediately after a wedding. So we went to a wedding Saturday night. I got hammered, <sighs> did not feel great on Sunday. And I was like, I need a hard reset. Over what time was your flight? Days. On the afternoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the first thing in the morning. I have flown hungover. It is a nightmare. Actually, after your bachelor party. party, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. God damn. I had 45 minutes of sleep. I was in a horrible place. That was miserable. But uh, yeah, so it was just like we wanted to start the the honeymoon off just sort of rehabbing and, and resetting. So coming out of it, Gracie was like, I need to change my diet. I need to change my habits and exercise and schedule, blah, blah, blah. So she, I think she felt like she was trying to change too much or it would yeah. have been too much of a change all at once. I get it. Totally. So it's valid. She's like, no, I, I'm not going to do vegan. So <laughs> she, we had, we had lunch. I'm sitting there eating like this quinoa and wilted lettuce thing, like crying <laughs> into my bowl. And she's housing this big bowl of pasta with meat sauce. See, that's what sucks, man. It's yeah. like, it's the Super Bowl. I know. In like, fact, we chose the shortest month of the year. It happens to be a leap year. Right. So we got an extra kind day. Kind of fucked that one up. But it's the Super Bowl. 
And today is the day where you eat like shit. Like yeah. you get disgusting nachos covered in cheese, real cheese, not soy fucking cheese, ground beef. You get wings. wings. You know how many wings are being consumed today? I, I know it's like the largest day, but I... 1.6 billion. That's fucking <laughs> In crazy. America. Like the chicken population over the past week has gone down significantly. Think about the buffalo population. Oh my god, I didn't even think about the yeah, buffalo I mean, population. The buffaloes are eradicated <laughs> yeah, at this but, point. Well, they can take the wings off the buffaloes without actually. They uh, grow back, uh, right? They grow back. They're it's right. like a starfish. All right. Um, yeah, it's not a great day to be vegan, but I'm sure some vegans would be like up there with their pitchfork. This is the best day for totally. being a vegan. Look at all the alternatives that we well, have out here. Lindsay's super excited to make this cauliflower buffalo sauce. I will say. There's a, it's, a, I think it's like an Indian dish, Lasuni Gobi. Uh, they at Coromandel. There's, oh, one, yeah. there's one in Stanford. I don't know if there's, there's one, one here. here. There's one, uh, I think there. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Lasuni Gobi. It's a, it's a cauliflower, uh, breaded fried dish. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a super spicy sauce on it, but it essentially tastes like a buffalo chicken bite, like a, 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 chicken a boneless, yeah, yeah, chicken tender. It is, fucking phenomenal so wow if it's anywhere near that then it should be really good okay and then when i when i saw those recipes i think i sent to you and todd i was like all yeah. right i could get behind a couple of these for a super bowl totally guacamole big fan of guacamole that's vegan yeah so it's not it's terrible but unless yeah. you put bacon bits in it yeah true although bacon bits might actually not be meat i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it might not be meat. true yeah. um so I'm wondering, you're right. We got to talk more about Todd. Uh, yeah. Talk and I think it's actually good. That, I mean, uh, clearly I would love to have Todd here, but I think we need to talk about this when we're like halfway through the month and really talking about yep. like what's working, what's not working, why we will never do veganism again yeah. or why we are. Um, of course I'm here and I've got like leather on my shoes. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's not why I mean, for all the righteous reasons of doing of going vegan, that's yeah. not why we're doing it. And even for like the health reasons of going vegan, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because you guys said like let's, let's do challenge. it for February. Yeah. You know, let's challenge ourselves. Fine. Okay. The discipline of trying to figure out something. Yeah. That that's basically the only reason I think why any of us are doing it. Totally. Um, because otherwise yeah, sure. We each, in our own respective manners, eat shitty meals here and there. Totally. But otherwise we eat relatively healthily. Uh, yeah. Especially Maybe I'm with, only speaking for myself. I no, don't know. Now that once I got married or once I started living with Lindsay, like my, my diet changed Changed a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, I think I can eat perfectly good meals every yes. day of the week without having an issue. And sure. I'll let myself slip sometimes because I want to cheat on a meal or something like yeah. who cares, whatever. But the, the, yeah, the no dairy and, and that's honestly, that's the hardest part for me is the no dairy. It's not the meat it's, or not like no steak and stuff. It's fine. Is it the cheese or the milk? Both. Uh, I don't drink a lot of milk. It's, it's, well, it's the cheese, but then you also realize how much milk is in everything. It's in dressings. Like I, yeah. I ordered a salad yesterday and I had to ask, is there dairy in the dressing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in that obnoxious asshole. Well, we were checking out at Trader Joe's yesterday and I was like, this cashier thinks that we're like this crunchy ass yeah. fucking yeah. like bullshit family. That's like, you're like, like I normally don't care about what, people think of me but but don't think i'm a vegan don't think i'm a vegan asshole yeah, ordering oh, I, t- I told you and Lindsay, we were at this breakfast place yesterday that has just like the most epic omelet dishes ah. with cheese and eggs and and bacon Sounds and awesome. sausage and stuff and I, at 9 30 in the morning i'm like can i have the kale salad with no <laughs> cheese and she goes do you want any protein with that with like blue chicken? cheese with no cheese oh with no cheese i was like 
no, Jesus I didn't do Christ, it. Nate. She's like, do you want any like chicken or salmon with that? I'm like, no. And can I have the avocado toast without the fried egg on the top of it? <laughs> she's like, sure. Do you? Do you want any protein or anything? We have you some want... sandpaper in the back. We yeah, just put like, that. I'm like, oh, that would taste way better. Yeah. I was like, no. And then I asked, oh, is there dairy in the dressing? Oh, my God. And my two friends that were sitting there, and when the waitress walked by, they're like, are you doing vegan? Because they'd both done it before. I was like, yes, for the month of February, and explained it to them. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, it was a depressing uh, first breakfast. I just wanted, like, pancakes and yeah. syrup. And... Well, like, and, and the other thing is, like, what do you consider vegan? Like... Whey protein is not vegan. Right. So if you, yeah. So I, luckily I'd already had like back from December or something, I had a vegan protein mix already. Nice. Protein powder. So I at least know you can get out of the right. whey protein, but yeah, that's not vegan. I mean, if you no, want to get like fucking crazy, you could even say like yeast is not vegan. Right. <laughs> like the beer we drank today, yep. aside from the lactose, had <laughs> yeast in it or was made with yeast. Yeah. Like technically. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to go absolutely crazy, anything with honey. Is not so vegan. Lindsay and I, I talked about this yesterday. Wholeheartedly disagree with that. Yeah. And, and she's like, wait, is honey vegan? And I said, no, because it's, you're not eating the animal. You're just making something made by an animal. And bees like making honey. So, yeah. And that's, I, unfortunately. I say this as if I have any idea of the personality of a bee. Well, no, unfortunately in, in the, the granola world, um, people ask, is your granola vegan? And, and I now have to say to them because i've been yelled at sometimes from other customers seriously yeah i'm like well it depends on what your definition is of honey 99 percent of the customers look at me and laugh they're like I, what are you talking of course honey is okay I'm right like, oh, thank god i love you yeah and then the one percent that says oh, honey are you kidding me you're taking that from the bees the, the oh, colony Jesus. collapse the bees are dying worldwide i'm like Oh, you, you actually have no idea what you're talking about. And yeah. I don't want to get into this argument. <laughs> and actually you. the people that are harvesting honey are probably helping the bees more. Than bees, them. bees literally the, their sole purpose <laughs> in this planet is to pollinate and right. like spread, spread their seed literally yeah. unto all these different flowers and Wait, plants. Wait, is honey and... beeches? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but in creating their colonies and, and their hives, yeah, they're yeah. producing honey. So right. you you need to take that honey out so that they want to stay in those hives and produce more and, right. and stay in a particular area. If you just leave it there, it becomes excess. Yeah. And I think, I'm not a bee expert, but I think they then just leave and try and go create a hive somewhere else. Yeah. And that instability or that journey or whatever it is mm -hmm. can be tumultuous for them and, and right. they die. That's not colony collapse. I'm not, right. that's a whole nother issue in, in the bee world. Um, but yeah, I mean, honey is a true natural byproduct of just a living creature and right. by taking it from them, it is doing literally zero harm. You right. could argue that in like mass bee production facilities, you know, golden blossom or, or whatever, yeah. they're destroying and killing a lot of bees because sure. they're not, they're not nice about the whole process. Yeah. Fine. But if you're your own beekeeper, if you're getting it from a local source and, if you're an ethical consumer of bee, of, of honey, <laughs> yeah. uh, it sounds so nauseating. Oh, I hate all these like little buzzwords, but, uh, we, so we were so just the, you brought this up. We were somewhere like a, a farmer's market or something. And there's a service out there that if you want to have bees on your property, yeah. they will come and put bee hives there yeah. and, 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 and take care of them for you. Yep. And I was like, shit, that's kind of cool. That's kind of rad. Dude, the the beekeeping aspect of the world mm -hmm. is is actually really fascinating. Like if you just even have a farm yeah. and you want to help your crops proliferate and you want to change over a crop or you just want to like grow more or have it 
you know, be more substantial. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can just ask for bees to come to your property and somebody will come bring hives. They'll host it. They'll monitor it. They'll take Oh, you don't actually ask the bees themselves? No, I don't know if they have phones. Oh, that's for email. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I don't call. But uh, they they'll bring them there and they'll they'll manage the whole system and yeah. and be there, which uh, is awesome. Like yeah, there's exactly. like all benefit to you. I mean, maybe you get stung once or twice, but yeah, but whatever. <laughs> um, but I I've I would love if and when I own a house on some sort of property. Mm-hmm. The two things that I would love to have is a beehive. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, and chickens. Like those two things would be awesome. To We've talked about getting chickens. Yeah. Um, not, I think not vegan. They're not, definitely <laughs> not vegan. And I, I, we have such wildlife in our, our neighborhood. Your problem are the, the koi wolves, the coyotes. Yeah. And, and the foxes. Jack your chicken and the foxes. You're right. The foxes everywhere. Um, yeah. And I just, I can't imagine they'd survive. I mean, it's possible there are chickens in, in places all over Fairfield County. We, we would have to build like houses. a substantial coop with like yeah. serious fencing yeah. and yeah. Uh, a friend um, uh, had chickens at one point in her life uh, and they built a, a very substantial coop. A chick had chickens? Had chickens. A chick had chickens. Uh, and they, you know, roamed around her yard totally free, which is awesome during the day. And they just yeah. eat little insects and they manage your lawn, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then at night, put them back. And I think it was a coyote or a raccoon or something just absolutely demolished the fence, figured out a way in and just went ham. Yeah. (laughs) And they woke up the next morning. They're like, sweet Jesus. Guess we're not having eggs today. (laughs) Yeah. So like, okay, we got to restore this little group of chickens here. We need to get some more because... There aren't many left. Yeah, they're decimated. So that's that's the only thing, especially if you have kids and you're like teaching them the upbringing, totally and like circle of life. They're just like if they start naming the chickens. And oh then one yeah, day never name the Sebastian yeah. gets jacked. It's like <laughs> no, Sebastian. How do you explain good. that to your daughter? Like, I remember going to my grandparents' house, and they lived in like full on suburban <laughs> Fairfield, Fairfield, Connecticut, and. My grandfather literally just had like a chicken wire fence that he put in like a, a, a like a cylinder kind of thing, and just yeah. had chickens in the middle. Huh. And they're I, fine. I, I've got to imagine he puts he put them somewhere else at night. Yeah. But yeah, like I distinctly remember going there and just seeing him like have chickens. It'd be awesome. I mean, if you have yeah. the time and and the energy and that like that's your hobby outside of work. But really, and, what and are you getting things. out of it? You're getting eggs. Eggs. You get the best friggin' eggs in the world. Yeah, but I don't eat eggs. Well, that's right. That's and your, I didn't eat eggs before I was vegan. Well, you get chickens out of it after three years. Like, yeah, know, I just then wanna, you gotta kill it. And you gotta, yeah, but you do it with the neck, right? Isn't it just like a like yes, yeah. like a snap, like a swing and a snap. Yeah, it's, I think there are many ways to do it. Uh, what's his, um, who's a, uh, yeah, Gordon Ramsay's got, um, he's got like these quick little YouTube, uh, shorts, like 15 minutes long of him going out. I'm pretty sure it's Gordon Ramsay. I'm trying to think who else it would be of, uh, uh, going out and catching different types of wild game and making. Yeah, it is Gordon Ramsay. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and he makes the meal like yeah. in the field or on yep. the boat or whatever. Yeah. Um, there was an episode that he was at home and they had raised turkeys. Um, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, because it was his home in the United States. I was like, wait a second, he's British. Why do you celebrate Thanksgiving? <laughs> um, but I was like, because that's exactly what the episode was about. So it must have been in the U.S. Uh, they had raised turkeys and he was having it for Thanksgiving. Or maybe he was making a Thanksgiving yeah. style meal, yeah. whatever it was. Um, but uh, he was like, it's kind of, you know, I've, I've taught the kids about, you know, the life cycle and where we get our our food and our meat from and they understand the yeah. vegetables for sure is one thing the meat not so much they don't necessarily yeah. get that but 
uh, he goes, this is actually currently the most humane way to uh, harvest and, and kill turkeys. And he had this uh, third party butcher, whoever, yeah. come to his house with a trailer. And the trailer opens up and it looks like a welding shop. What? And they hang the turkeys from like electric wire, a chicken wire oh, in the top fuck. of this thing. They shove an electric probe down the turkey's throat, turn it on. And because it's oh, uh, dude. two feet are connected to the yeah, other end of grounded. the wires, they're fully grounded and it becomes an electric circuit. And the thing just like, like goes solid tight. You leave it they on long it, enough, you cook it. Too. They run it for like 10 seconds and then burp, and it's dead. That's the most humane thing. That's how you want to die with something shoved down your throat? I guess because it instantaneously just like cuts them out and then they leave it on for a good amount of time to make sure like it's totally oh, shocked and dead. That's brutal. Instead of cutting its throat and letting it, Let it bleed, bleed out. out. I don't I know. Guess. But I was like, wait a second. They're like shoving this probe down the throat. Maybe that's a good question. Like who's, what turkeys are they talking to that are like, this is how we want to go. Yeah. Like, um, by the way, that the whole slitting the throat thing, I don't really like that. Being shot by a bunch of shotgun pellets. That wasn't the best thing. thing. Like you shove this thing up my throat while I'm hanging from an electric (laughs) wire. Yeah. I I don't know. It's kind of weird, but, um, yeah, I was watching that. I was just like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure I'd want my kids to see that. No. They would probably yeah. go nowhere near anything electric. Yeah, actually, maybe that's a good years. thing. Stop playing with the sure, outlets. Yeah, don't don't shove a fork in the outlet. Yeah. <laughs> why is that? Why would kids be interested in doing that? That's Dude, just, it's. I'm sure I tried I, to do it, or one of us tried yeah, to do yeah, it. Growing up, I guarantee up. you, like my daughter, like was like, just wanted to see what it sounded like when she walked on my laptop keyboard. <laughs> She's like, I just wanted to see what it sounded like. I was like. Awesome. So now daddy needs to go buy a new laptop. Yeah. You're like, great. <laughs> please destroy my $2,000 piece of equipment. Yeah. She uh, didn't, but good. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like, you know, when your parents tell you, don't touch that. It's hot. You're like, right. I'm going to touch it. Yeah. Now let <laughs> see. Yeah. Let me see how hot this is. And then all of a sudden oh, you don't God. have fingers for yeah. three years. Sorry about the fingerprints. <clears throat> anyway, so it'll be good to have <laughs> coming back full circle. It'll be good to have Todd yeah, on here. Um, it will. It may be in like a couple of days. And Todd's like super fascinating anyway. I have like a lot of questions yes. for him. Todd, separate from this vegan challenge thing. <laughs> the be bullshit challenge. Yeah. He'd be a fascinating guest on his own. And actually, I've talked to Randy, uh, who, and I've thought that he'd be a really fun guest to have on here. Yeah. So even if it is focused around F1 or something else, he'd be a lot of fun to have. <laughs> F1 is like when our numbers just drop off, yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. Not many to drop off, but yeah. maybe South Africa stops listening. God, <laughs> we're, we're pulling for you, South Africa. Actually, I'm sure South Africa loves Formula One. Yeah. I, uh, is there a race in Africa? Uh, it depends on your definition of Africa. <laughs> there there Africa. isn't one in South Africa, uh, but there is like, um, there's not one in Egypt. There's there's Dubai. There is Dubai's the Middle East. Yeah, but do you, do you consider that? I don't know. I don't it's think it's Africa. Africa. Okay. Um, well, then, du- okay. Sorry, you're right. Is Dubai part of the African continent or the Asian continent? Right, and that, I th- it's probably Asian. I bet you'd probably consider that Asian. I think the Sinai Peninsula is the topmost. We sound like area. uneducated idiots. I know. We'll look it up for. Episode fifteen, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm trying to think if there, if there is one. There's there's nothing in there, Cairo. Yeah, I don't think there is. Unless there was one in South Africa, but there isn't. I think the problem is because Formula One is still a, a rich boy sport, and, and it's there not, aren't rich people in. No, but Africa? I'm just saying, like it was awesome saying? that the World Cup was in South Africa. Totally, uh, and that, but that's like truly an international sport that's played on yeah. all 
six continents. Um, and it it can cover a full spectrum uh, of classes. Whereas formula one, I mean, it is certainly achievable from, from people who don't I like how you're like being very delicate with your words. Well, I'm just saying like, it's notoriously been like this upper class rich man sport to go observe and enjoy. It requires a huge amount of money to, to be part of it for sure. And it's not cheap going to the event and to have a, track that hosts it it's not right. just like building you know, a track alone soccer is very pitch. expensive yeah yeah so um maybe that's why they haven't done a race in africa because but they're poor is what you're saying africa's poor. i just don't even know they could sustain a track <laughs> really dude south africa is fairly wealthy now. yeah absolutely there are wealthy parts of africa but i'm just saying yeah oh also what's what about where black panther's from i bet he could afford to do <laughs> wakanda. wakanda wakanda i bet wakanda could do it <laughs> Maybe I don't the know. Wakanda track, <laughs> Wakanda track. But think I, I was reading some economics on it. Of uh, in order to have a Formula One certified track, yeah. the amount of races that they have to have outside of Formula One oh, just sure. to sustain that facility is mind-boggling. Which is why yeah. there are, there aren't that many. I'm just, I mean, there are a decent amount. They have mm-hmm. whatever twenty-two races around the world. But um, I mean, they can barely sustain some of the soccer stadiums yeah. that are built in South Africa. They can never sustain any Olympic villages and things that are built in countries, even in first world countries. Yeah. They're gone. And like, yeah, like in Greece, hour. Greece is pathetic. I know Greece <laughs> yeah. went through a little bit of an issue. Right. Um, in the, the late two thousands to 2010s. Um, Hey, which reminds me, are you going to Serbia or no? I would love to. I just don't know when. Yeah. Um, I, I have, I have to this year. I owe, I owe Dan a trip. Did you own one last year? Yeah. And the year before, maybe. <laughs> and I didn't. Yeah, I saw him last year. It was it was for a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, but I I do I did owe him a trip last year because he came to the United States in 2018 for two weddings, for my wedding and right. for Ryan's yeah. wedding. Yeah. Um. So we got to see, I got to see him for a good chunk of time for those. 2019, I owed him a trip. 2017, I was in Serbia. 2020, and, I think I should go. And, you want to go? I well, I've been. I would love to go to Serbia. I because I've only been to the airport, dude. Yeah, so you haven't really been to Serbia. That's like saying I've been to Paris. I've been to Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> like, I haven't been to Paris. No, I I know. I still count it, but um, yeah, I would love to go to Serbia. I would love to go back to Montenegro too. Yeah, Montenegro is awesome. I want to go to Croatia. That's, that's or I go back to Croatia as well. Yeah, so I'm I'm talking to Danilo, and even if we don't go to Serbia, it would be nice. Gracie's never. I don't think she's ever been to Italy or Greece. So if we could, Danilo can drive to either of those places, which yeah. is, which is really awesome. So we uh, actually we took a ferry from Italy to Croatia. Yeah, it was overnight. Yep, it was shit. Like really? not not amazing. <laughs> Why? Um, it was just like an old ship, probably from like oh. the Cold War. Um, Did you have like a bunk room? We yeah, Lindsay and I sprung for our own bunk room, but it was like in the middle of the ship. It was yeah, it's not a cruise. It's no. a ferry. No, no, no. I, well, I've never been on a cruise, but I'm assuming that uh, if you if you think this is a cruise, <laughs> this is not a fucking cruise. But it was fine. Like yeah. the shower, it was communal showers. It was not my cup of tea because I'm a little bitch, yeah. especially when it comes to like where I put. Why did you decide to do that and not fly? Um, the experience. So this was for our honeymoon, and it was like we we had all these different places that we we're going, and we needed to like figure out a way because we essentially we had to get from Venice to Dubrovnik. And the only way to do that was fly to Zagreb, but we couldn't even do that. Like economically, it made more sense for us to fly to Bari, Italy from Venice. And then then we, 
walked into Bari. Bari is not a town you ever need to go to. <laughs> I don't even ever heard it. My uncle was like, oh, you got to go to Bari. Bari's amazing. He's like talking it up. Like, I never will go back to just Bari. Just no need to. Yeah, it's just not... I mean, they have a nice little old town, but it's yeah. fine. Um, and then, but it's a huge port city. So we got on this ferry, this giant ferry. And for some reason, it was like the way to get to Dubrovnik. Huh. Interesting. But going from Bari to Dubrovnik, like once you get to Dubrovnik, you're like, holy shit, this place is amazing. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's why they have you leave from Bari because you're like, ugh. Fuck this place. I can't wait to get out so of here. So the ferry's packed full going east and then yeah, west. there's, there's no like one coming up. Just the captain. There's no like, reason you would ever go be in Dubrovnik and be like, I really need to get to Bari. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's one place I want to be. It's Bari, Italy. Please get me over to Bari, Italy. Yeah. So uh, you, you guys should absolutely go to Croatia. I would love to. So, I mean, if we could figure that trip out, that'd be awesome. It's fucking gorgeous. Um, it's absolutely mind boggling. And it's, I mean, you've been to Montenegro, so you know, it's, yeah. it's very similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. So we could do that. But I just, I, there's like, Already, you just think about 2020. You're like, oh, great! I'm already taking X, Y, Z trips. Totally. How do you how do you factor in an international trip? Quit, quit your job. Yeah, quit your that'd job. Be, that'd be become awesome. independently wealthy via the lottery, and yeah. I've been researching independent wealth more and more recently. It's because like, you're trying to achieve it through osmosis, or yeah, I'm just like thinking of like, how's there a way to make money that's like out of the box? And obviously, googling it is not the way to no. <laughs> figure that out because then anybody could do it. I will say though, I have um, not that I'm independently wealthy, but I've really gotten into investing a lot lately, that's and I know I'm, that I, I work in private equity now. But yeah. even before that, like, uh, I have no real skill. <laughs> but I've been ma- I've made a substantial amount of money based on buying companies that I have faith in. Yeah, and that's what I'm reading a lot about is just like different investment strategies mm-hmm. and do I think do I think along those lines and something like yeah. I have a feeling or I can trust this company to, totally to be successful. You know, like you'd said that about Tesla when it was trading at a hundred bucks or even when it was like. Dude. It was trading at 400 and then Musk was like, yeah, we're going to go private at 420 and it crashed to 250. Yeah. If you bought at 250, you were a smart man having faith. In I bought it at 221. So you're doing well. Um, uh, but because I believe in it and all yeah. those short sellers out there were like, fuck, this thing's going to tank. Right. So there's one way of just like following your heart, which is yeah. not how you're supposed to invest. The second I see it go below 500, I'm selling in a second. So there you go. Um, um, but okay. in another thing, and this, this is actually really fucked up that I'm about to say this, but <laughs> like the coronavirus is horrible and it's affecting yeah. the market and it's screwing the market Friday morning. I bought a biotech company, um, that is working on injectable vaccines mm-hmm. and it went through the roof and I made some money on it. So I, I was, mean, it's I'm not messed up. Yeah. You're, you're, if you're going to be trading and, and investing and stuff, yeah. that's how you have to look at it. Like you have it's to say, up, right? is like, there a conflict in the middle East? I better buy oil. Like, right. Yeah. Right. It's going to go up. It's going to go. But like, I, 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 I bought it. I'm happy. I bought it, made some money. But at the same time, I was like, this, this sucks because I'm basically profiting yeah. off of like yeah. other people being sick. Well, like, think about it. I mean, this is. And, and, oh, sorry, just to finish this. But at the same time, they are trying to solve it, too. They're oh, trying course. to prevent it. So yeah, it's yeah. not like I'm like hoping that they're going to die. These people are going to die. Yes. Like I'm hoping we actually solve the problem. Because then it also makes your stock more valuable. <laughs> Maybe. I think this has played out more in a fictional sense, but I'm sure that there are people who did this who like shorted airline stocks and stuff. Yeah. 9-11. Totally. Like bought at the bottom, understanding the whole market flow of things. It's just yeah. like if there's conflict, if there's tragedy, tragedy if there mm-hmm. are issues in the world, like – 
there were people making money off of all of that. That's, yeah. Unfortunately, I think that's just the fact of the life. But um, I have, you know, my, my quote unquote independent wealth, it's more just like, yeah, how do I figure out another revenue stream? Totally. Uh, outside and that's of absolutely regular key. work. Yeah. Um, and again, Googling that is not the way to figure it out, but it's a no. way to understand what's going on. So you can try and, you know, gain more knowledge and figure out how to do it on your own. So the guy I worked, the guy that managed the venture capital fund that I worked at, yeah. he had a saying. He was like, during a gold rush, sell shovels. So mm-hmm. you got to find like the big thing that's going out there and figure out how you can profit off of it by not selling that product, but yeah. selling the you know yeah. tertiary product that's yep. that's gonna that everybody it. needs yeah, exactly right. And so that's kind of the key, right? Like figure out like maybe you're not. So for example, Tesla's doing really well. A lot of these companies out there that are you know, becoming electric vehicles are doing really well. So not only did I buy Tesla a long time ago, but recently I've been buying a lot of like, um, fuel storage, like, like battery companies, yeah, battery, buy battery mining. Companies. Yeah. Exactly. And which is like buying those shovels. Yeah. Right. So, or when the economy is doing really, really well and people are, you know, have second uh, extra income and they're yeah. traveling or something buy rubber companies for, you know, plane tires. Sort yeah, of thing. Just like absolutely. Random miscellaneous yeah. things that, you know, demand is going to be higher for. And, and clearly, you need to have the money to yeah, be able to put into it. Exactly. It's, a, it's not like it just becomes like that. Um, but, you know, if you do it enough, hopefully you can actually acquire enough and, yeah. and do it. But it takes it takes focus and discipline and understanding and time uh, to to be able to play into the market like that. And yes. not just like put your money somewhere, forget about it. So that's the dream is to like buy into something, forget about it, and it just yeah. constantly pays you back. It's right. Like, so, okay, that's so what did you find out? To do. do you have any, any, did you find any answers? Uh, very, very early stages. So like, still can't even reveal it. Out. I mean, like people always talk about real estate, uh, yeah. investments, REIT investments. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the other things are like, yeah, find good ETFs, find good index funds and stuff. But yeah, those are all the basics of investing. I mean, again, I know jack but, shit about this stuff. So I'm like, I bet you know more than you think. Maybe, but I, I'm still like completely uneducated around it. Well, so there's a company out now called Cadre or Cadre, yeah. which is uh, uh, basically almost like a private equity fund, sort of. But you can invest in commercial properties. Is this you were telling me about? Possibly, I think recently. Um, so I was looking into it. Then I found out that it's run by Jared Kushner, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that." Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's well, one like, of those the politics like, aside, right? It, well, politics aside, I was like, "Oh yeah, I could definitely do that." But I think you need like your minimum investment is like fifty thousand oh. dollars, and I was like, "I don't know if I can do that right now." No, because um, Daddy needs to buy a new car. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Um, but so there are other ways getting out there. I mean, I invest in Bitcoin. Yeah, and you actually bought it at a good time, right? Uh, not really. I've actually lost some money on Bitcoin. What's it trading at right now? Like eight something? Yeah, but I bought it at 10. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. thought you bought it when it was at like three. No, 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 no. Um, but I actually got into this other thing, which is almost like a mutual fund for a cryptocurrency huh. <laughs> called Ember Fund, where you can just buy like a bunch of portions of different yeah. currencies or, or several currencies um, recommended by people who trade like yeah. professional yeah. cryptocurrency traders. And that has been fairly successful. That's been doing well. Yeah. That's interesting because I, f- well, maybe the, the, I just feel like cryptos have been tanking left and right. Like one pops up is doing well. And then the right. next day it's not even there. Crypto in general like, is going down, but it's, it's like the stock market buy low, sell high. So yeah. you, and, and buy it's, high, it, sell higher. Right. <laughs> yeah. But the problem with cryptocurrency is that a lot of it is not based off of tangible things. In the yeah, world, exactly. Right. Um, 
and almost it's almost like the inverse of the stock market. If the stock market is doing shitty, then you might actually see the uh, the cryptocurrency sees do better because yeah. people are more trusted. Whatever. Uh, again, caveat this. I don't know what the <laughs> yeah. fuck I'm talking Dude, about. Do not go there's out There's a invest. giant asterisk at the end yeah. of this podcast or beginning of this podcast is do not take any financial advice from Nate and Adam. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so it's really interesting that like, uh, like I'm trying to just kind of do like a shotgun approach of like having f- investments in different things rather than just specifically like yeah. tech stocks. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you like, if you hedge your bets all on the S and P or the NASDAQ or something right now, right. granted in the last year or two, you'd be doing phenomenally. Yeah. But if you're right, if you get totally overexposed to a tech stock or, or right. stack, a tech fund or whatever, mm-hmm. and inevitably we're going to see that downturn, yeah. you're just, you get wiped out. Right. Yeah. You have to, you have to have variety, of course. Yeah. And know that you're going to take some losses on some, but yep. you're going to make some. And you have to have the stomach to be able to, to ride those roller coasters. Yeah. Fucking um, and you got to decide, are you in it for the long haul? And that's where you just say, okay, I like the price where this current stock is sitting mm-hmm. and I anticipate it to be, you know, xyz at the end of yeah however many years and that's yes. where i anticipate on needing to be liquid in that and and i'm hoping to to get that profit from totally it. and if in two years your investment is cut in half because of a downturn <sighs> in the market you have to have the balls to say i know it will come back yeah and i just need to pretend that totally. that money does not exist right and just let it ride back up in five years and then you can yeah. get out of it that's that's the hard part of yeah. the long-term investing or are you a quote unquote day trader are you somebody who's trying to manipulate the the system you know essentially i mean everything's a bet it's all a risk but at that at that level day trading or or over several days i've always called it informed gambling exactly exactly the whole thing is gambling which is is mind-boggling it's it's a fully international internationalized legal form of betting yeah. Uh, versus the state-to-state bullshit that we have on, like, who's <laughs> going to win the coin toss tonight? Or, like, how many right. wings can... By the way, it's going to be the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs. <laughs> who's even calling the coin toss? I don't know. Don't who know. The home or That's my wife calling me. Um, and so the other thing, too, she probably needs to pick up some more vegan shit. We need some tempeh. Um, the other thing that I've, I've been investing in is uh, our, our penny stocks. Yeah, <laughs> you saying. Because, like, I bought one penny stock. Uh, it was called Fuel Cell for like 46 cents and yeah, you could buy like a thousand shares for $400 yeah, but or then i sold it for like two dollars and six cents so i made a huge profit on that yeah like based on like you know you know, i mean clearly you know if you put five dollars in you're only gonna get like you know right 15 bucks back but still a big thing but if you put in a butt ton of money put 100 bucks on that you're getting back 600 yeah like so it's it's pretty good um and and if you can get really well informed on that you can actually find yourself making some some decent cash. Yeah, but getting informed is the key. Yes. So. Uh, well, just read a bunch, and and read, there's a bunch of people out there that say like this is the penny stock to invest in. So far, it's actually been pretty good for me. Wait, and that trades on on Fidelity, or are you on Robinhood? I'm on Robinhood. Now. Okay. I used to, I still have some stuff on E Trade. I like my big ones on E Trade just because I bought them on E Trade, like yeah. Apple and Tesla and stuff like that. But Robinhood is so fucking easy to use that like I know. And E Trade charges you for every trade. Well, see, that's that's did. the thing is I was talking to somebody about having you know Robinhood versus Fidelity versus E Trade, mm-hmm. you know whatever other uh, yeah brokerage firm or trading platform or whatever. And somebody was saying to me, I like buying my big stocks, my serious investments on an E-Trade of Fidelity. Mm -hmm. Because they charge me, I have to make the active, conscious buy decision of owning that stock and understanding that there's truly a financial implication for my actions. Whereas on Robinhood, the fact that you can just like buy and sell, trade here and there. Right. It's it's a game. It's a game, but there are still like 
tax ramifications. Yes. Oh yeah. Buying absolutely. something at a particular price and selling at a particular totally. price, and like those things matter. You have to look at financial disclosure yep. agreements and documents and stuff around absolutely. tax time. And if it's just as easy as like pushing two buttons and seeing some numbers change on a screen, yeah, you don't fully think it through. Like it's no. very social medialized. Absolutely. Kind of. Trade. That's a, actually that's a really good way of looking at. Uh, it. So and that was I was like oh, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Uh, and thought of you know way of looking at that. Um, well, so I, our March thing, we've talked about this a little bit, our yes, March challenge I'm really pumped for this. So we are going to be using wealth base to see which of us can make more money in the stock market. Wealth base is basically like a game, quote it's unquote, game. it's an you, investing game. Yeah. Where you get a hundred thousand dollars. Gracie's already playing this, by the way. I don't know if she's actually managing it, really? monitoring it that much, but I told her about it when we were coming back from Hawaii. Oh no shit. And we had some time to kill. She downloaded the app and she started doing it. It's I, kind, It's pretty cool. Uh, I, I, I want to get into it before we start March because I don't want to get into it. I've, I've done a few like like with my yeah. own stuff, just like, hey, if I put money so here. So it's a 30-day it's a game that Well, once you can you actually start, set the limit. We would be doing a 30-day okay. game. But once you start, it starts. Yeah. And there are... You're given $100,000. Yeah. Um, the You can invest any way you want. You can sell whenever you want. The only catch is, is that you can't own more like your portfolio has to be no more than 20% of one certain stock. So you can't buy like, can't be a hundred percent in to some right. You can't be like Apple hundred percent. So you right. have to own at least five different stocks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, and you can own Bitcoin and stuff too, if you want the one I did, is the whole market. It's the entire market. That's nuts. Yeah. And it's, it's that's, pretty fun, man. I think that's gonna be a blast. All right. I, yeah. I want to make sure I yeah. do like a couple weeks of this before. I do feel like we need to have, like the winner gets something or the loser has to do something. Winner, uh, loser buys dinner. That's fine. I'm okay with it. Right? Is that all right? Yeah. Because it's a money-based thing. I mean, because you still haven't gone swimming in the... Charlie brought that up again. <laughs> he was like, you still need to go polar plunge. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. I'll go do that. Whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Let's find an actual cold day. It hasn't been cold <laughs> yet yeah, recently. It's that's like true. spring. It's bullshit. Um, but wealth-based. So we're going to do wealth-based in March. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see who's actually more... Uh, Savvy at the internet, right? internet. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> at investing. Investing. Yeah, I, get, I mean it's it's a game, but yeah, you still you're gonna either win or lose money. Watch the market take like the absolute shit plunge in March, but and it'll just be who loses the least amount well, of money, and that's fine. I mean, you yeah, know, that's happens. true. We could both start out with 100k, and neither of us actually end up with 100k. Right. It's just whoever lost the least. I'll be honest. The one I did, I did one for a week. Just on my own, didn't like not yeah. against anyone, and I th- I think I came out with like a hundred and two thousand dollars. Yeah, there. I mean it's hard it's hard to make a drastic increase in something in a yeah. week, and even in a month. I, you know, I'd, no. if you could turn twenty percent profit, twenty percent increase in a month, you'd oh, be, that'd be a amazing. genius. And yes. I'd be like, here's my hundred k right now. Yes, and let me go follow that same strategy. Actually, I was listening to an investing podcast, and they were That's talking it. about. Um, these investment games yeah, and how they, the, the two hosts like the idea of the game to get you acquainted with, you know, the knowledge and sure. the X and the, you know, the actual actions of being able to trade and just understanding what to look at for market cap and mm-hmm. different things. But they said you fundamentally make a different decision when it's your money on the 100%. line. 100%. And so yes. going into this game, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I would never be investing a hundred thousand dollars of my own money in anything. Period. Full stop. Well, right now. I'm not yet. I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to go invest right. into anything right now. Um, but starting with that amount of money, I'm curious to see how I make my decisions. If I'm thinking of this as actually my own money, 
Yeah. Or am I going to say like, no, I can take this risk and see if it pays off in Honestly, 30 days. My tip would be to kind of do a mixture. You, yeah, kind, of course, like, you have play, to play a little crazy, yeah. get like get yeah. bold, but then also like, do you like, you know, the mutual funds or whatever, like yeah. ma- get, have a stable in there yeah. that you're just, you know, you're okay. This with. Is, and it's an interesting time in March to be playing this game because of the election. Um, yeah, I think, I think the, uh, I think the market is going to be pretty tepid because of the, un- the, un- the unclarity. What, what should I say? Uh, the unknown. <laughs> yeah. Because of, because of the virtual unknown of, yeah. of uh, November, 2020. Totally. Um, but, uh, you know, the market right now is certainly reacting to coronavirus and maybe Brexit a little bit, but um certainly yeah. certainly coronavirus not really to many national and international relation issues no um so it'd be i'd be curious to see what happens with uh super tuesday yep. i believe is in march yep. um and uh some of the other uh primaries and how that affects the democratic outlook and what that'll look like against yeah. trump totally so that'll be fun actually being quote unquote in the market yeah man <laughs> seeing how it reacts it'll be good i'm excited we'll uh, should we go make vegan stuff? Let's go make some vegan stuff and watch uh, one team. I can't wait win the Super Bowl against <laughs> another team. I have, do you have any? Do you, do you care about who wins? I don't. I, I'm. I guess I'm happy uh, with either one. But I, if I were to pick one, I like the whole star, uh, story of the Hunt family, the owners of the Chiefs, yeah. and their relationship and history to the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, they're basically Lamar Hunt, the the guy who uh, used to own the team. He died, passed along to his family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's sort of the creator, the one who came up with the Super Bowl idea. So I guess when the two conferences merged to make the NFL, yeah. he was the one who said, let's have a game between the two conferences to see who's the best. Oh, cool. We'll call it the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then the Chiefs, only time that they went was Super Bowl four, exactly 50 years ago. And they Holy won shit. it. Wow. And then Lamar Hunt, I think he died in like the late 2000s. Okay. His son, son, I believe, took over the team. Um, and they've made this big bet on Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so it'd be cool that 50 years later, after going to the yeah. Super Bowl, they finally get in again. Or no. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. I, I was like, wait a <laughs> second, like, the 49ers, no. Um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And to have Andy Reid uh, win the Super Bowl again would be really cool. Yeah. So. Well, all right. That'd be fun. Do you have a horse in the game? Do you care? I do not. Yeah. I do not. I, I wouldn't. Either, I don't ever really have one. Yeah, you don't really care about football. No, I care about football. I just don't <laughs> care about teams. You don't care about these two. Nope. It'll be fun, uh, especially with all of our wonderful snacks we'll be eating. Mmm, cauliflower. All right, let's go make it later.